and ours online at tavernonmainny.com. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Local Edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday, Patricio Rabayo. It's Friday. We made it. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with me. I hope you're doing well and staying safe and staying warm. In the second half of the show, we'll be talking to Sharnika Pinesett on her presentation on colorism that's happening at the Ellenville Public Library later this month. And tonight I have a special guest with me. I have the one and only Lucy Robayo in the studio. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the studio. Are you on the radio? Yeah. Ah, do you listen to WJFF Radio Catskill? Radio Catskill. What's your name? Lucy. Lucy what? Lucy Yeah, thank you so much for joining me in the studio, Lucy. Thank you. Wait, wait what do you want for dinner tonight? Mac and cheese. Whoa. Mac and cheese? She loves mac and cheese. You love mac and cheese? I love mac and cheese. It's so delicious. It certainly is delicious. It's so wonderful. Hey. What's daddy's name? What's... My name is Chisa Rebaya. And what's mommy's name? Mommy's name Rebecca. What is your favorite song? My favorite song is um, As It Was by Harry Styles. As It Was by Harry Styles? <laughs> wow, that was great. Thank you for that one. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Lucy. All right, let's get back to the program. It's Friday on the Local Edition, and every other Friday we check in with the one and only Chris Raleigh from the Schwankuk Journal to see what's happening in Ellenville and Ulster County. Chris, welcome back to the show. Jed Metzger, the former 42nd District State Senator, is now the Ulster County Executive. She gave you the first state of the county in Ellenville. Uh, Chris, is that unusual to have it in Ellenville instead of Kingston? Absolutely. Well, this, 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 you know, when you, this county executive thing is a new uh, in Ulster County. This, she's only the third. Mike, Mike Hine, Pat Ryan... Jen Metzger. Uh, that's that's all we've had. Jen has made it to um, uh, the, 40, the old 42nd State Senate District, right, which includes Covington County, this part of Ulster County, and a big chunk of Orange County. And so she's sort of familiar, more familiar perhaps with uh, things down here than uh, than Pat Ryan was. But Jen started off by saying essentially, Ulster County is in a strong financial position at this point. Partly because of the ARPA, uh, ARPA funding, but also because there's been uh, a bit of a, an economic, um, uh, what can we say, uh, economic, not a boom exactly, but the, 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 one of the after effects of COVID has been to move a lot of people up here, them energy, money, businesses, and everything out of the sun. You know, she gave a, a, a pretty good speech. Uh, she had a good feeling to it. She made some Pretty important points quickly, uh, and for Ellenville, uh, the, perhaps the most important thing would be that there's a building in Ellenville called the Trudy Farber Building, and uh, people with uh, sufficiently long memories 
will recall the truly, truly Resnick Farber. She was a daughter of the Resnick family, the wealthy family that rose up on Channel Master in the 50s. She, um, Trudy Farber was kidnapped and she died. She was suffocated by the kidnapper, uh, I think by accident, um, and, uh, in 1977. So the family built uh, a, a building uh, in downtown Ellenville uh, in her name and dedicated it to uh, mental health services amongst you know, other things like that. Anyway, so um, that has languished a little bit. Although there are mental health services there, they're not. Uh, they haven't been there sort of five days a week. Um, they're there, I think, more than one day a week now. But Jen said that the building is going to be refurbished and really put back together uh, to provide mental health uh, services uh, for Ellenville and Warsing, and also for the mobile mental health team, which already operates there, but which is um, um, designed to, to go out when police anywhere in the county call for help uh, with a mental health issue. Uh, so, you know, that that should be a dig, dig into that is, is, a, is a sign of, of being concerned about the southern part. Um, there's going to be an Ulster County Housing Trust land bank, um, land bank, which with about $15 million of a dedicated housing reserve to try to develop uh, uh, program, not programs, but uh, projects. Um, so, well, you know, what, what, what would we use? I mean, workforce housing, affordable housing, people who bridle at the term affordable housing, fearing that poor people are going to be shoveled into their neighborhoods, should recall that they also need housing that the workforce can afford, and the workforce may include their own children. So, uh, you know, we, we, we have to overcome um, the big drug and NIMBY, uh, just enough to squeeze some housing into Ulster County um, and uh, get places that are affordable for the workforce. I mean, this is what it comes down to. At the moment, we are in real, real housing crunch. I mean, it's not, it's not California yet, but we're on course to be there, you know, in, in, in another... I'm not quite not sure what, but five or ten years. Anyway, um, that problem. Then she rolled to um, uh, a centralized grants office. So, in, in because of the amazing activities of Mark Blower, uh, the super <laughs> grant writing engineer from uh, Pennsylvania, has has uh, pulled down more than ten million dollars to build and and refurbish uh, uh, sewer systems, water systems. Uh, you know, there's serious money that the taxpayers in uh, a town like Wilbursing really couldn't handle. So that's a crucial thing. So to have a county uh, centralized grants office with grant writers who are specialized in it, know what they're doing, and know where it all, it's all hidden. Because when there are as many grant programs as there are in New York State, it's, it's a rare person who knows where they all are. And, and what what the requirements are, and what in a certain town might fit perfectly to one of those grant requirements. So having having that county thing will be a big boost to that effort for all of the towns and villages in uh, Ulster County. So that, and then going on from that, she says she's going to small businesses 
and some money for another boost for Main Street program, using another $2 million in grant funding for capital improvements. Uh, so th this, th all of this was like, you know, the sort of thing you expect from a, a brand-new county executive. Uh, but uh, since she's in a, a good position financially, uh, you know, this could all be uh, announced with a certain degree of confidence that it actually will happen. You know? <laughs> so that's one of the things that, that you have to keep in mind when politicians tell you they're going to do something. That yeah, well, it it, it might. There's <laughs> that chance. Well, I think she has the money to actually do it. So there was that and that. Um, ah, and then she turned to um, to Allenville. Talked about Allenville's particular issues, and that was very encouraging to hear as well because we have you know, we didn't hear that much from um, from now Congressman Ryan uh, about Allenville during his time. Um, and Ellenville does have an issue with poverty. About 20% of 20% of the community lives at a poverty level. It's three times the county average. Uh, and 18% of Ellenville residents do not own a car. And that really limits things. Uh, even getting to uh, the ShopRite or the Walmart, the, the big supermarkets just outside town, um, but not easy if you don't have a car. I mean, maybe you can uh, set up a, a ride with one of the taxi services uh, and, and do it that way. But if that's where you're shopping, it's not easy. So, uh, you know, uh, some assistance to Ellenville in these sort of things. And also she's going to, uh, she says, they're going to um, uh, push for Ulster County um, Area Transit, uh, UCAT, to be electrified and to have more um, more buses on more routes. So that could that could be helpful too. We'll, we'll see how that works. Uh, let's see. Um, she she's very concerned about climate change. Made the point that as a state senator, she worked on climate change legislation, uh, and she says that you know they're going to try to do things about that at the county level. And she mentioned um, this company. Uh, I don't know if everybody's heard of it called Zinc Eight. It's a battery storage company. Uh, it's moving into the former IBM site in the town of Ulster. And Zinc 8, and that's, uh, uh, you say Z, Z I N C 8 number, um, uh, are um, going to have 500 jobs at that site uh, in a battery storage facility. So, um, you know, that's the sort of sign of, of some returning manufacturing muscle to, uh, to the county. Which is definitely needed. And she, of course, she didn't arrange this. So this was done by Ryan. But uh, you know that's that's an advantage uh, that she will be able to uh, use. You know, bringing back jobs, getting the county a bit more of a of, of a better paid workforce. Um, then she turned to praising coffee, the coffee group, uh, citizens of forward facing Elmville, which is doing a, a, a really serious serious a bit of uh, morale boosting and property buying. Uh, um, business starting uh, in Allenville, um, and that that was that was nice to hear um, that she's really taking notice of what's going on in the village that way. Um, so that that was that was good. Her remarks met with applause. Um, uh, everyone who was there was happy to uh, happy to uh, to see what's coming. It seems like she hit all the points that what she was campaign campaigning for, 
And what is she, she's known for? She's, you know, as a state senator, she was very vocal about climate change and environmental issues. So it seems like uh, she is bringing that to the Ulster County uh, Executive Office. I think that's what basically the best way to describe it. She, she hit the points that she's known for. Uh, you, we're probably going, you know, Ulster County is probably going to get uh, what they think they voted for in this in this particular instance. Um, now that we say that, of course, uh, you know, but um, just as everybody has noted that the, the price of uh, of uh, pe- petrol, gasoline has gone up and then down and then up again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember that major volatile uh, factor in our lives uh, can do things at any moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There, there are folks online I, I see almost every day comparing prices of gas uh, here in Sullivan County and Monticello compared to Ellenville. Yeah, well, prices in Ellenville went down to like a gallon uh, on uh, Tuesday. And then on Wednesday they were back up to three thirty nine a gallon. <laughs> mm. uh, but I mean, I, 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 what I suspect is that you know, uh, as this, well, of course, first of all, companies made gigantic profits uh, at the end of COVID. It always seems to be changing. So, thank you so much, Chris, for that update. Chris Riley from the Shawangkok Journal. All his stories are on the website and on newsstands now. You can also catch Chris tomorrow on the Reporters Roundtable on Radio Chat Skills starting at 10 a.m. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We talk to Charnika Pinesett about Melamin's Poppin', a presentation on colorism that's happening on February 28th. We'll be right back. Here's Lucy's favorite song. Hey, it's Francis Lamb, host of The Splendor Table. This week, we've got one of the great culinary stars of the Midwest, Minneapolis's Gavin Kaysen, who's also one of the very rare chefs I know who really loves and understands home cooking. We've got him talking about what he loves to make, how to do it, coming up on The Splendor Table. The Splendid Table, Sunday morning at 11 on Radio Catskill. The Wild Rover is a favourite Irish traditional song. Even people with no Irish connections know the chorus. We'll take a closer look at the song and its origins on the next Waggle of the Monkeys of Need Graham Rice here on Radio Catskill. That's on Sunday afternoon at 3. Welcome back to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Patricio Robayo. It's Black History Month. And throughout this month, WJFF Radio Catskill is featuring interviews and programming related to and celebrating Black history. And this evening, we have one of those interviews. Medellin's Poppin', a presentation on colorism, is happening on Tuesday, February 28th. It's happening at 6 p.m. in the community room at the Ellaville Public Library and Museum. The workshop is led by educator 
Janikia Pinsett, who will explore the root causes of colorism, the effects of colorism on people of color, and ways that we, as a community, can overcome colorism. Chernikia is on the phone with us now. Thank you so much for joining us. First, I want to start off, before we get into the details of this workshop, what exactly is colorism and how does it differ from racism? Sure, that's a great question. Colorism can be defined as the preferential treatment of individuals within a certain ethnic or racial group with lighter skin complexion, whereas the darker skin complexions are belittled sometimes and maybe even shunned. And the interesting thing about colorism is that it actually happens from people within that same ethnic group. Racism um, definitely deals with the feelings of being superior to another race. So I think that's the biggest difference, if that makes sense. And it comes from people from different races outside the, the racial group. The workshop's called Melanin's Poppin', and melanin is the substance in your body that produces skin tone. Like I just said, the workshop is named after it. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. It's definitely a title to empower people with darker skin complexions or melanin um, within their skin. And the whole concept is that throughout the history of this nation, people of darker skin have been shunned and have been deemed as less beautiful or less valuable, unfortunately. We all know it's not true, but that's the perception that a lot of people of color have lived through. And I actually did a workshop, uh, this workshop at the Ellenville and the Kingston High School. Prior to the workshop, I did a survey within the, the high school students to determine how many students have been either bullied or belittled or witnessed someone else being bullied because of having a darker skin tone or melanin within their skin. And it was alarming to find out at least 75% of the students had either been bullied themselves or witnessed a family member or a friend being bullied because of having a darker complexion. So the whole goal of the Melanin's Poppin' is to get people of color to own the beauty of melanin. And um, a lot of people don't know it, but the more melanin that you have in your skin, the more youthful you'll look because it doesn't undergo photogenic aging, I believe it's called, as quicker or as quickly as skin with without the melanin. So the whole goal is to see melanin as beautiful, as something that's desirable, and something that should be celebrated and appreciated. Absolutely. Now you mentioned like some experiences that folks have uh, experiencing colorism within their own family, and that's that could be surprising. I myself, as a Latino, have seen that in my own family how some family members get treated differently because the color of their skin or the tone of their skin. Can you talk about that as far as how colorism impacts individuals who experience it both psychologically and emotionally? I can remember, I could give stories from my life and even my siblings. Like I'll start with my sister. I think her, she has probably the richest and most beautiful and darkest skin tone in the family. And um, she I want to say I'm very thankful for my mom because she always celebrated and appreciated her and darker skin complexions. But unfortunately, it was different in the real world. Um, so when she went away to college, she was the first in the family to go away out of state to college. So I was all excited to hear about her stories. But the thing that stood out to me the most was when she mentioned that she was with a, a group of black girls and black guys. And one of the guys mentioned that, you know, he thought she was attractive, but then the rest of the guys uh, chimed in and said, yeah, but she's dark skin. 
And um, it just really hurt her to the core. And when she told me that story, it hurt me, (laughs) you know, out of all of the experiences she had and all the excitement about going away to college. That was the thing that was most memorable to her. And um, it's the thing that I remember to this day. And um, I actually, I hope I'm not going off track, but I went to a predominantly white school growing up, and I dealt with a lot of racism. It was probably during the late 70s, early 80s, where I heard the N-word a lot, and I would fight a lot. And it got to the point where I just wanted to be away from that environment. So I was so excited when my parents told me we were moving to the city of Newburgh because I I knew that that the school districts would be predominantly black. But when I got to the school district, (laughs) the first thing I heard someone call me was Blackie. And I mean, that hurt me more than hearing the N-word because it was coming from people who look like me. So it's just something that that hits in a different way. Like to experience that belittling from people of your own ethnic group or racial group. It it affects you in a in a different way. I think it's a a greater blow to the self esteem and the sense of self worth if you're feeling like even your own people of your own race and like in your instance or other people's instances, people in your own family aren't appreciating and celebrating your beauty um, just because you have a darker skin complexion. Absolutely, like I said, I, I've seen this myself from my own family. How some family members just were treated differently or shunned from events or kept out of the loop of what was going on just because they have a different tone and may not look like what the quote unquote ideal person from their, our culture should look like. And, you know, then you experience racism outside of that. And you now you're experiencing colorism inside your own family is like sometimes you could feel like, where do you go from here? Yeah, it's a very hurtful feeling for sure. Yes, definitely. And can we talk about what are some of the long-term social and economic impacts of colorism, particularly in terms of health outcomes, educational attainment, and career opportunities? That's great. That's when I feel like the issue of colorism extends beyond being within an issue within the ethnic group. I did a study, and it was determined that People of darker skin were 11% more likely to be locked up in prison and viewed or deemed as being more violent. I think that's where the majority of my studies were within the criminal justice system, more likely to be arrested, um, more likely to spend longer terms in prison just for the simple fact of having darker skin. So it's like you're walking around with this weight on your shoulder for simply having a darker complexion that affects you in so many ways within the criminal justice system and even within the educational system, students with a darker skin complexion were viewed as the ones who will be the troublemakers or the ones who will end up in special ed. It's all based upon a perception of what dark skin means skin means in this nation and it's it's really hurtful and it's problematic and my goal is just to raise awareness so people can start thinking about some of the biases that they have some of the the preconceptions that they have about people with a darker skin complexion you know it, like i said it's sad that you know in, in every culture has so many tones in them of skin tones of family members and it's sad that while they share the same culture same experiences sometimes but treat each other differently just because the tone of their skin. Absolutely. And I think it was 
I guess it was eye-opening for me to hear that it wasn't just something that was present within the African-American culture, but in the Latino and the Asian culture. And it just shows you how wide-reaching this issue is. And I hope we can come together as a community and really address it, really start thinking about the roots of it, for sure slavery, but then media perceptions of beauty, the standards of beauty is always European, tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm just hoping that we can appreciate all aspects of beauty, skin tones, hair textures, and yeah, that sort of thing. The talk Melanin's Poppin', a presentation on colorism, is happening Tuesday, February 28th at 6 p.m. in the community room at Ellaville Public Library and Museum. When folks attend this workshop, what can they expect? I think people can expect a really heartfelt, open and honest conversation, for sure information about the roots of colorism and some statistics about how it affects individuals of color in the criminal justice and education system. But then I really want there to be an open platform for people to maybe share their stories. I definitely want to share my experiences and my experiences, and then maybe talk about some solutions. And towards the end, I do do an original song called Melanin's Poppin'. And um, I think it's really, really inspiring. And yeah, I want people to come out and hear it. And if you want, I can give you a a little sample (laughs) to kind of encourage people to come out and hear the rest of the song. Well, if you're offering, I have to take you up on this great offer. Please let us hear the song. (laughs) Okay, so I didn't really warm my voice up this morning, so it might be a little scratchy, but I'll, I'll give you a little taste of the, the main part. I'm beautiful in the skin I'm in. Yeah, melanin's popping, insecurities dropping. Just a little taste. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're an educator. You're also a singer and songwriter, and obviously you're inspired by this topic to write this song can you tell us more about that, the inspiration went into the song and sort of the process of it? Oh, for sure. Um, I definitely come from a family of singers, and writing is one of my greatest passions. And particularly, I like to write songs that can inspire people to do better mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And as I started thinking about just the history of colorism, the history of struggles of African Americans and really people of color in this nation, I feel like the words just came. And they're full of passion. They're full of love. And the goal is to help unite the community and to uh, give people of color a sense of hope and appreciation for the melanin. Melanin's Poppin', a presentation on colorism, is happening Tuesday, February 28th in the community room at Ellenville Public Library and Museum. And is led by educator, singer-songwriter, Sharnikia Pineset who will explore the root causes of colorism, the effects of colorism on people of color, and ways that we, as a community, can overcome colorism. For more information on the workshop, the program is free, but registration is required. You can call the library at 845-647-5530 or email them at epl at rcls.org or visit their website, eplm.org. Shonikia Pineset, thank you so much for joining us on the program and letting us know about this important topic and your workshop that's coming up. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. And that does it for the local edition. We'll be back on Monday. 
talking to the Sullivan County Human Rights Commissioner about the housing crisis that's currently going on in Sullivan County. Also, we'll be checking in with the Sullivan County Democrat. If you ever miss a show, we have a podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share it, even tell your friends. Find us on social media. We're at WJFF Radio Catskill. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also visit our website, wjffradio.org slash the local edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests, and you can even listen to the show. Thank you to my first guest, Chris Raleigh from the Schwankung Journal, letting us know what's happening in Ulster County. And also thank you to my recent guest, Trinikia Pineset, about the presentation that's happening in Ellenville on February 28th. You've been listening to The Local Edition. I've been your host, Patricio Robayo. Have a good night, Lucy. This is Radio Catskill, your NPR station. Coming up for you this evening is the mixtape. Have a great weekend, stay safe, and I'll talk to you again soon. Support comes from Jeff Bank, Sullivan County's community bank for over 100 years. Meeting banking needs with a variety of deposit and loan products. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. National Mortgage Licensing System and Registry Identification Number 405318. Jeff Bank, still banking strong. From Livingston Manor, dining, shopping, and the arts at the gateway to the Catskill Park. LivingstonManorNY.com. And from listeners like you. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. This is Radio Catskill. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Listen local.